This is Yehudi Feldman. We resume today. Mishlei, Perak, Yudalat, Pasuk Yudchet. Nachalu p'ta'im ivelet va'arumim yachtiru dat. This Pasuk has two of the words that are used for foolish people. Mishlei specializes in those type of words. We also have kasil, and we also have peti, all four of the words are featured in chapter 14. In fact, between the, the big four, featured 17 times. Uh, so, you know, it's something to, to think about because these are sort of specialized words. You don't really see them much outside wisdom literature. They're essentially the anti-wise. Um, so the anti-wise, you know, the petty, proceeds to pass on their foolishness to their kids and, but of course, wise people crown themselves with wisdom. This is more of a synonymous proverb. The wicked bow down before the good, and they also have to beg at the gates of the righteous. Pitchuvi Sharei Tzedek. Unfortunately in life, a lot of times people think that their friends are really friendly to them because they like them. But the fact is they're friendly with them because they have something to gain out of their friendship. And when a person becomes poor, even their friends don't want to have anything to do with them. Whereas the rich person always seems to have lots and lots of friends. Of course, the point of the, the proverb is, of the mashal, is that friends really here mean acquaintances. Okay, these people don't like you. They don't like the rich person either. They're just friends for what they can get out of you. And if they can get more out of a rich person, they'll be friends with the rich person. The true friend is someone who's with you no matter whether you're rich or poor. Also, Kri is Anavim. Very important to realize that in Tanakh, Aniyim doesn't necessarily mean poor. And the fact that the word often switches with Anavim basically means more like humble, somebody who basically, and even more, suffering. Does not necessarily have to mean he was humble. It could also mean he suffered more than anybody else. After all, at the very moment that the Torah places that pasuk, it's after we hear that Moshe's own brother and sister are saying Lashon Hurrah about him. This is right after the chapter where B'nai Israel are complaining about it. And in other words, Moshe has to suffer more than anyone, and he's a very long suffering person. However, a person, you know, verse 21 is, is sort of amplifying what is said in verse 20. Verse 21 is saying that, you know, a true person does not despise their friends. And if they do, they're making a serious mistake. And a person who is considerate for the suffering of people who are in reduced circumstances, ashrav, ashray in a Tanakh doesn't actually mean so much happy as ra'ui litihila, he should be praised. 
or she should be praised. In other words, like in Shira Shirim, the beautiful woman is stated, is described as Ra'uhu Malachim Vaya meaning anyone who sees her will praise her beauty. Okay, not that she's happy. Okay, in other words, the point is that a person who does what most people don't do, which is run away from people in reduced circumstances, this is a person who's worthy of praise. Hello yitu The people who plot wickedness often and in fact usually go astray. Look at Yosef's brothers. They're a very elaborate plot where it leads them. Look at Haman's plot, okay? Plots generally in the Tanakh don't go very well. You know, when you hear the word Kesher in the Tanakh, which means a plot, usually it's from the person who's the victim of the plot or the person whose the per- plot went wrong. Whereas the person who tries to plan something good is usually going to end up with a response that's good. Now, here we have to get clear what the phrase chesed ve'emet means in Tanakh. Chesed ve'emet means the kind of relationship between people that you can count on. That's exactly why this proverb and this pasuk is placed in line with the other four psukim that we just read. Because the point of it is, when are people going to be dependable and when are they not going to be dependable? Um, you know, when, 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 when Yaakov says to Yosef, he means, I have to be able to rely on you in this because basically I have no way of being certain you're going to do this unless I really can trust you and rely on you. You owe this to me. In other words, this is a relationship that I can ask you to do this and expect you to carry it out. In other words, uh, the fundamental idea of chesed v'yemet is in human relationships between people. When Hashem does chesed v'yemet, it means he's doing it without ever having necessarily had a relationship. He's just bestowing it. But when the phrase is used between people, it means people who can be dependable in their relationships with each other. Okay, from now on, the parak is going to talk more about verbal issues, people who speak the wrong thing and, you know, as a result cause, you know, problems. Uh, means pain that comes out of labor. is the original pain coming out of labor. You're going to have to work. So, means your gain is in proportion, you know, no pain, no gain. That's how you would say that in English. And the people who talk, they don't basically gain anything. All they do is talk. Idle chatter is pure lost translates JPS. And I think this is perfect. That's exactly what the point is trying to make. People talk when they ought to be working. People talk when they should be learning Torah. People talk when they should be doing activities that are productive. Talking is really a productive activity. You know, it's just another way to waste time. It's a socially acceptable way of wasting time. Like watching television. You know, socially acceptable ways to waste time, except television is not so socially acceptable. 
talking is a little more socially acceptable. But basically, you spend too much time talking, you're going to be in want. Pasuk 24 goes back to Pasuk 18. In other words, the idea being, what is the crown of the wise, the riches of the wise of their wisdom? Whereas the folly of the poor is folly. In other words, you know, this is like a statement like business is business. You can count on the stupidity of the poor, of the, of the stupid. Uh, that's just what they're about. Stupidity is their enterprise. They don't even want to basically get corrected. That's their enterprise. If somebody would show them the right way, which would, of course, we may have to do some work, that would not be, that would go over with them. The person who comes and tells the truth is a person who can actually save lives because only too often there are false witnesses out there who are essentially, their testimony is going to send somebody to their death or to prison or to some other horrible outcome. So the one person who comes along and is volunteering to tell the truth Everyone knows what happens when there's a crime or something that the police need testimony. Nobody wants to testify. So the result of that is the wrong person goes to prison. Okay, people understand that their duty as good citizens is to vote. But very few people think that their duty as good citizens is to testify in a criminal case, even if they happen to be someone who actually saw what happened. So the result is, who do the newspapers talk to? The people who want to testify and testify incorrectly. This isn't just an issue of the courts. It's an issue of what gets out there. Look, for example, this year, how many stories got out there, which once they actually came to court, became apparent that the newspapers were only believing the first people the journalists interviewed. And after somebody took the trouble to find, you know, people who really were at the scene and weren't making up stories, it turns out that the story is completely different. Remember the story about the man who was claimed to have a book when he actually had a gun? You know, this is the type of thing that Mishle is telling you, it's absolutely important you save a life by testifying truthfully. The next pasuk is As I said in the beginning, does not mean fear and trembling in front of Hashem. It basically means knowing that Hashem watches everything you do and consequently always choosing to do the right thing. That's what Yirat Hashem means. Avat Hashem means doing the right thing just because you love Hashem, not because you fear that Hashem's going to punish you. With a parent, a child will sometimes do something because they fear punishment, but it's much better to get a child to do something because they love to do the right thing. Barovam Hadrat Melech Chazal saw this pasuk to mean that, you know, it's better to have one big shul than to have lots of small shuls. However, 
most people today do not agree with this. Uh, and I, I don't think this is the pshat either. The pshat is that the, the king, the ruler that has the most of population is the most powerful ruler, you know, is the people that people look up to, you know. The president of the United States is looked up to a lot more than the president of Guatemala, you know. That's basically what it means. If you don't have a real nation to back you, then for all practical purposes, the razon. Here, razon means the prince. It does not mean razon in the sense of mashmanenu al-yehi razon. That means hunger. Here, razon comes from the root that means the prince. Okay? Erech apayim rav this also goes back to the Kitsar Ruach before. That a smart person is in no hurry to make decisions. Patience is the thing that basically is the path of wisdom. And the person who is in such a hurry to do something without thinking it through ends up with an, uh, a, a foolish uh, outcome. Now, of course, in English you have problems like this too, but you also have to realize the Proverbs sometimes oppose each other, as they do in Mishlei. For example, in English you have, he who hesitates is lost, but you also have, look before you leap. So which is it? The answer is there's some situations where you have to basically do your actions quickly, and some where you have to basically consider a great deal what you're going to do. The second way outnumbers the first. That's the force of the of Pasuk uh, 29. This should be read as Lev Marpe Chaye Besarim, that the, the, the heart... In other words, here it doesn't really mean hard. It really means more like the, 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 the kind of person who basically, you know, thinks about living in a way where they're not going to be jumping all the time. You know, they, they have a calm disposition. They're going to enjoy the life of the flesh better than a person who's always envious of other people. Like Chazal say, you know, What's um Ezel Ashir Hasameh Bakal? Envy is essentially one of the worst human emotions and causes perhaps more problems in society than any other human emotion. A person who basically is happy with their own lot and isn't envious of others has a much happier life. You know, what they're saying is envy eats away people, and it does. Remember, envy is something, is a feeling that you have that you want something that you don't have. Jealousy is to protect something you do have. This is not the same at all. Jealousy is an acceptable emotion, but envy is not. All envy does is basically lead a person to an unhealthy life. This is one of the greatest uh, proverbs in Mishle about uh, Aniyim, about the poor. The person 
who essentially withholds what they should be doing for the poor is essentially cursing Hashem because Hashem is the person who created the poor. Every person, whether rich or poor, is created with Selim Elohim. And a person who basically mistreats the poor is consequently mistreating Hashem. And a person who wants to honor Hashem, will show pity for the poor, will basically try to be gracious to the poor. Now this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with giving money to the poor. There's a question of how you treat the poor altogether. You know, how you talk to them, okay? How you, how you interact with them. How you interact with people who don't have as much as you have, okay? The letter carrier, you know, ordinary people will come to the door, you know? People you come across in life who are not on the same financial station as you are, but just the same, they're human beings just like you are, you know? How do you talk to them? How do you treat them, okay? You have to remember, Mishlei says, every human being is created in selling on him and act accordingly. Again, the, the, the wicked person slips and falls, you know, at Ragli Midechi, okay, in his wickedness. And the righteous man can look to death without any fear because they know that they lived a good life. When a person has a sensible mind, wisdom is what rests on that sensible mind. Whereas a person who's a kisil, a fool, everyone knows right off the bat what fools they are. In other words, everyone experiences their foolishness as soon as they open up their mouth. Here the word yada means more to experience, to get out, okay? No one's going to even remember it ever happened. Not that they don't know what happened. It's just they won't feel it anymore. As soon as a stupid person opens up their mouth, you feel how stupid they are. Righteousness is what elevates the nation. And wickedness is what brings it down. Here I think the word chesed is used the way it is once in Sefer Vayikra to mean an evil deed rather than a good deed. It's only used that way perhaps two or three times in the whole Tanakh. But it does have that meaning and I think that's basically what it means here. In other words, nations are known by their behavior. You know, a nation that behaves well is it got a reputation as a nation that basically does the right thing, sometimes acting against its own interests, horrors. A nation that, you know, does not behave well is also known for, for its wickedness. Let's take North Korea as an example of, you know, a nation that acts with wickedness and a nation that behaves well. Well, let's take Denmark. Bernie Sanders was, you know, made a whole thing about Denmark is the nation we should try to be like, and Hillary Clinton answered, but we're never going to be like Denmark. The United States is not Denmark. Still, he was trying to make a point, but Denmark has a reputation for acting for its principles and not necessarily for its interests. And that's how you get your reputation, by acting for principle, even if it's against your own interest. Ritzon melech le'evet maskil le'evratol t'yemevish. Meshli is now going to discuss here um, what are called king proverbs, like there are royal psalms. 
Here there aren't many, but they're going to be a lot more as we get as we move along in the rest of the book. Second half of the book has a good deal more than the first half of the book does. And wisdom literature in general is concerned about how one acts in the presence of high officials. So obviously the the the, the servant, and here it just means like a cabinet officer, it does not mean like God de Paro. And it does not mean that the you know the person who uh you know cleans up the house of the king. It means like a cabinet minister, and obviously the person who does the right, the smart thing is going to please the king. But if a person does the wrong thing, they're going to suffer the wrath of the king, and that's going to lead to a very unfortunate outcome for that person. With this, we finish chapter Yudalit, Shalom, and tomorrow we'll begin uh, chapter Tetvav with Ma'anei Rach Yashim Chaymach.